Hello and welcome back to Holding Space Podcast. In today's episode, I sat down with Andrea Faulkner-Williams. Andrea is the co-founder of Tubby Todd, an organic and natural product line. In addition to this, she's also an author. And in this episode, we talk about her book, You've Got This Mama, Ideas for Taking Care of Yourself While You're Taking Care of Your Little One. This book is a guide providing exercises, tools for busy moms, how they can integrate self-care into their lives. I'm so excited to share Andrea with all of you. She is a triple threat. She is kind, she is funny, and she is so wise. Let's get to the conversation right now. You're listening to Holding Space Podcast with Dr. Cassidy Freitas, licensed marriage and family therapist. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, let's jump in. Hello and welcome back to Holding Space Podcast. I am sitting across my good friend, Andrea Falkner. <laughs> She was so nervous. <laughs> she was so nervous. She was going to make this R-rated so in the first 10 seconds. nervous, and I almost did. Yeah. yeah. Falk- Falkner. 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 Yeah, it's perfect. Falkner Williams. You d- you were doing such a good job. Thank you, Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> I was really nervous. You were nervous, yeah. but you're doing I, so good. I don't good. think I need to mark this explicit quite yet. Yeah, not... Well, we haven't gotten into we, a conversation yet. We have not wait till far. Wait till you hear the <laughs> stories I have to share. Oh my gosh. Here we are in your tub hub. Tub hub. So share with us a little bit about your business and I love a little origin story in context. Yeah. Okay. So my husband and I, Brian Todd, started Tubby Todd. Um, It'll be four years in September when we sold our first bottle of soap to my grandpa. Um, But we had worked in marketing previously and he worked with... um, a natural soap manufacturer. And we had worked in marketing. We had a little marketing company together. Our goal was to work together. And I was um, working from home. We had one baby. I was writing a book about self-care for returned Mormon missionaries, just kind of a passion product project. And we were like, but we still felt super unfulfilled and we wanted to have this product together. So we decided we were going to make bath soap together and we were going to you know, research it and um, we're like, this will just take a few months like to get this up and running. Like two years later, we <laughs> yes. had another child and um, uh, we also had no money by this point. <laughs> and our second child was born named Walker. He had eczema, really sensitive skin, super atopical. Anything he kind of came in contact with, it was nothing like he was ingesting, like his, um, you know, his diet or even anything from his sheets that were hurting him. It was definitely his products. And so we felt like it was kind of, we had gotten there on our formulation, but then had to step it up another mm-hmm. level to help his skin. And our bath. And now you had this huge reason. Now yeah, and like, it was like there was this the purpose heart. behind mm-hmm. it. And it's it was, now I look back and it just really feels so serendipitous. But at the time, it just felt super confusing and overwhelming. But but fun because we love, it was something fun. And we always are, you know, working on something new together. So um, one day, uh, backing up a little bit, before we had Walker, Brian came home super frustrated with his corporate job. And I was frustrated that he was frustrated. And he's like, we are going to start a natural bath company for kids. And we're going to call it Tubby Todd. And I was like, okay, oh, yeah, we are. Let's like, do this. Let's do this. And so from the beginning, we knew it was going to be called Tubby Todd. The backstory on that is that he's named 
Brian Todd, and he was the biggest baby ever born in the San Jose hospital, 11 pounds. And yeah, that's like a question you ask them when you're dating. Like, how big were you when you were born? Because like all of my babies have been nine and a half pounds weeks early. Oh so this is like gosh. a determining factor, you know, yeah. just like. So, but it's his claim to fame that he was. The yeah, biggest. Thing. So we're calling it Tubby Todd, and so we eventually came out with this formula, bath soap. We have it. We've spent all of our money. We have a baby that has clear skin now. We're super excited about it. And because we'd worked in marketing, I had worked in social media marketing. I just sent it to all of my friends who had any following, and just was like, "Here's the bath soap. No." No questions about like, will you post about this? You know, I want you to try it and tell me what you think. And from there, um, we started our company. And that is the online community really launched us. We never did a Kickstarter. We never paid influencers. It was always just word of mouth of people sharing what helped their kids. See, I love hearing these stories because this is the beauty of the of social mediums, right? Yeah. And they can be such a double-edged sword, and maybe oh, we'll talk about yeah. that at some point. But there's, I mean, I'm on social media as a therapist. Yeah. I share resources. I share yeah. support groups. I share things that are happening in the community. And that's where people go to find so much information. That's where they go to connect. And the fact that you were able to really launch your business using that medium is, it's, that's amazing. Yeah, and I think that in our generation of parenting, and especially being a mom, especially if you are at home as like the solo caretaker of your children, the, that is the most isolating job on the planet. And the digital age has allowed women this beautiful resource of endless mm. um, you know, advice and love and support. And it, it's just like anything else. It's just like Netflix can be the best thing that ever happened to you at night after you worked hard all day to tune out or it can be the worst thing that ever happened to you if you take thing that takes your life away yeah if you you. binge for days right it's all Um, about just controlling you know our passions or in any area of our life right conscious consumers of whatever it is 100 percent how do how does that feed make you feel okay so yeah so social media for us um and for and we have seen for the women and men who have found our product through it through influencers or through their friends, it has benefited their children and it's benefited our family more than we can say. And we just, we feel so lucky to be part of this online community. Mm-hmm. So that's how we got here. We now, we have it, last year we took on investors. Um, and so that changed our company a lot. It mm-hmm. made it so Brian could quit his full-time job because he, we never took out loans up until that point. So he was just funding the company with his full-time job. And we were just always feeling in a bad mood and poor, but then we, I mean, everyone does, right? But but it was fun to do it that way because the pressure was a little bit less, mm-hmm. but then when we took on investors, it upped the yeah. game a little bit, yeah. mm-hmm. but it also um, increased our speed of growth. So, you know, we have sunscreen coming out next month, our first FDA-approved product, which is, oh, like, huge. And, like, yeah, so we are really sunscreen, moving quicker. I would say that of in the natural world, sunscreen is a thing that I struggle with the most. It's bananas how crazy it is. And as a mom, sunscreen is just, like, a nightmare for any mom. And so we're trying to yeah. alleviate that pain, and we have some really exciting things coming out. But now we are able to bring... Our puppy to work every day and we have this awesome team who all have family that they care about as well and so you know we're just all trying to work together to make the company the best but also take care of our families at the same time it's bananas but we like it okay and I love that you who just described all of this bananas wrote a book no. on self-care right because, because seems like counterintuitive <laughs> no, no, no. don't but you I think? think it's completely intuitive right yeah like you should 
I mean, who, who do we want to, who would I want to hear from? I want to, I don't, honestly, I don't really want to hear from the person who lives out in the woods and like yeah. has no access. Nature walks. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not taking any nature walks no, right okay, now. No. Okay. Yeah. No. Just because that's not my life. Like that right. isn't, and that, that won't ever be my life. Yeah. And sometimes I fantasize yeah. about that life, but it's not. Yeah. I want to hear from the person who is doing that juggle, who mm-hmm. is having to make those tough choices, who is mm-hmm. having those moments of like, of bananas. Mm-hmm. So first I want to hear, so it sounds like you actually had written something earlier. Yeah, so I self-published so my first book. I was a Mormon missionary. And when I came home, it was a really tough transition because, um, not for any reason. I loved my ex- missionary experience and I loved my experience like coming home and being part of the church still, but just like personally trying to find that balance and like dating and relationships and taking that. It's like these like military type lessons you learn, like of discipline and love and wanting to like incorporate them into my new life of Mm. dating and like my career and my schooling. And so I compiled a book. It just was like a passion project really. And I went and tried to go get publishers and nobody wanted to publish it. So I just self-published it. And then it later was picked up by a publisher. Okay. It's called Tell Me About It Sister. Because oh Sister Missionaries, it's kind of, you know. I love it. You know. But anyways, it was awesome. And that was the best learning experience professionally I've ever had because I was a stay-at-home mom at the time. My mom has published a few books and my dad. And so both of them were resources in helping me like compile that because publishing a book is a huge project, right? But it was so awesome and so good for my mom brain as a creative outlet. So when I came up against um, wanting to do my next book, um, You've Got This Mama for the Tubby Todd Mom community, I knew what a big job it was going to be, but I also was so grateful for the previous experience. So you knew what you were getting into. Yeah. You had something to sort of Yeah, yeah. So let's talk, like I said, I want to hear about self-care from you, <laughs> not, necessar- not necessarily the little nomad who's living in the woods. Oh my gosh. I love them. I love them. I love them, but it's not my life. Yeah. So what is your, what is your self-care philosophy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I didn't even know self-care was a thing because I was raised by parents who modeled it so well. Mm -hmm. It just, I didn't realize what a challenge it was going to be as a mom Mm -hmm. to young children, Mm -hmm. especially. Um, And that has been the biggest surprise of parenting to me, is how easy it is to lose yourself while raising your children. And my my mom raised five children as... Mainly a stay-at-home mom. She worked with my dad always on his businesses. Um, And my dad always owned his own business and, you know, had multiple, you know, 150 employees at one point. And they were busy, right? Super involved in their church and their civic organizations. But both of them have, like, passions that they're super excited about. Mm. Um, And meditation practices that they, you know, have consistently... um, Incorporated. Every single day of their lives. My philosophy is... Um, setting a priority in your life. Mm. Um, and to me, my priority right now is my family and taking care of my children. Mm. So it's what is our priority as a couple and as a family? And right now it's raising these little ones safely, yes. right? And then working within that context of that priority, okay, how can I be the best me mm. in this 
context. So sometimes when I'm pregnant, it looks a lot different than when right now my youngest is two, Mm. you know? So my self-care philosophy is setting your priorities and then working backwards from there to find an equation that works for you. I love that. I love that. So something that I'll often talk, like when clients come in and they say, I just don't feel like I'm living the life that I want to be living. Like there's something that feels off. And we'll have a conversation, we'll sort of bring it back down to like, well, let's just talk about values in general first. Let's yeah. just talk about like what's what's actually yeah. important to you right now. Yeah. And that's always shifting, right? Right. And one, one thing that you value can become prioritized and then the next year that value has shifted and there's something right. else that's being prioritized. Yeah. And so for you, for you, example, for you right now, you're saying I'm, what I'm valuing is my family mm-hmm. and my children. Mm-hmm. And so I imagine that whenever something comes in, whether it's an opportunity or a decision, mm-hmm. it has to go through this sort of questioning of by saying yes to this, what am I saying no to? Yeah. How is, is this in alignment? The thing that I'm actually saying is the most important to me that I want to prioritize. Yeah. Okay. So what are some of the things that, what are some of the things that you, you sort of line out in your, line up in your book or describe in your book that can help people do that kind of work? Awesome. Yeah. So a lot of the book and that is the way this book is different from my previous book. So my previous book was a lot of advice for people who are coming home from a Mormon mission, especially yeah. women. Yes. And I collected um, advice from a few hundred return Mormon mission so missionaries. You did, you, did, you did qualitative research there. I was doing very technical research <laughs> through Google Sheets or Google surveys. No, that's legit qualitative uh, research. Yeah. But okay, I okay. Mean, if yeah. you had seen my stats, which I haven't <laughs> taken a math class I was 16 years old because I studied foreign language in college. So there you go. No one report me. Um, (laughs) Excuse me. But I, um, this book, I, I wanted it to be much more driven by the reader. And so Mm. each chapter is an essay from me. And then there is like, um, advice from a few different specialists in the chapters, but the majority of the chapters are self-care activities that help you journal, look introspectively at what exactly what you're saying. What is the life I want to live? Well, like, let's start when I die. Like, let's start at my funeral. What is it that I want people to say about me? Okay, well then, or what was I valued for? Okay, well, let's go then 10 years from there. Mm. Where do I have to be in 10 years if I want that? Where do I have to be in five years? Where do I have to be in a year? Where do I have to be in a month? What do I have to do every single week this week or this month? And then what do I have to do every single day, right? Mm. So it's a lot of activities that help you look at like the meta of your life and then like take it down to the daily, like just the individual um, hours that you need to fill. And there's even a clock one day that's like, as a mom, here's what I want to be doing every single, my, I, this is what my perfect mom day looks like, you know? Oh, I love that. And you're and so I cute. Think so often we don't, we don't want to go meta. We don't want to say, we don't want to say the thing on my deathbed. Mm-hmm. What will I look back on and, and see as what was the most valuable in my mm-hmm. life and what I stood for and what I, or the things that I feel like I missed, mm-hmm. right? People don't want to, people don't often just welcome that question into their lives because, mm-hmm. I don't know, in that you have to face your own mortality. Inspires changes, yeah. Right? But it also is going to potentially make you feel uncomfortable with what's yeah. happening right now. But yeah. you know what? Nothing, anything that's growing 
is has to feel uncomfortable at first. Yeah. Like you have to. Yeah. I had an old, I had a supervisor who had this very bizarre metaphor I'm going to share with you and anyone listening now, it's the most bizarre metaphor in the world, but it's meant to c- capture your attention. And he said to me, Cassidy, have you ever heard about the crying bear at the zoo? And I was like, no, I have not. Please, please tell me about the crying bear at the zoo. I think, well, a guy walks into the zoo and he sees a crying bear and he goes to the zookeeper and he says, why is that bear crying? And the zookeeper says, well, he's sitting on a nail. And the guy goes, well, it makes sense that he'd be crying then if he's sitting on a nail, mm-hmm. but why doesn't he just get up off the nail and do something different? Mm-hmm. And the zookeeper turns to him and says, well, it hurts enough to make him cry, but it's more comfortable than getting up and doing something different. Yeah. Most exactly. bizarre, most bizarre no, metaphors. I mean, I'm like, why? So, I'm like, there's so yeah. many other ways you could have said yeah. that to my supervisor. But I get it because it captures your attention. And you're like, what? Where is this going? Yeah. But sometimes we we are, we're it's we're comfortable almost in that. Like it's just it's what we know. We're, we've sort of gotten right. stuck in this routine of this one thing. We're caught up in it, but we're 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 unhappy. But yeah. That, but that little routine can become a lifetime. Yeah, and I think especially as a mom to young children, what I've seen um, from our community are these, it's almost like like when we're saying sitting on the nail, like I can't work out or I don't have time for self-care because I have to be the one who takes care of my children. The reality is, and the hard, hard, terrifying fact that I have learned over and over and over again is I am not the only person my children need. Mm. And it has been... Uh, and I'm not saying that because I really believe that every woman has a different place. Like, you know, should they be in the home? Should they be working? The best place is um, being with your kids as much as you possibly can be for your sanity and for your financial sanity, and right? whatever that means for you and your family. And right. that can look so different across yeah. families. Yeah, but I'll give you an example. I was, I was preparing for this podcast. I was thinking about um, this last week I traveled and... Um, my husband, so we have three kids, but we have elementary school, we have preschool, and then we have one at home. So it's three different schedules. Yeah. And um, it, there are a lot of missed things that happen when I travel. Like sometimes kids mm-hmm. don't get picked up. Sometimes they don't mm-hmm. get dropped off. Sometimes mm-hmm. they eat Little Caesars like two days in a row. Like things that I would never allow to happen. Mm-hmm. Things that do happen is my husband actually keeps a cleaner house than I do. So I come home and the house is spotless, which is incredible. And I know a lot of women are freaking out when they hear that. But yeah. again, Little Caesars two days in a row. <laughs> and then, and not getting picked up from preschool. Yeah. And then reminders. also, yeah, <laughs> reminders. Everyone has strengths. Also, he takes them on like mm. mile bike rides, baby in the backpack, two kids on bikes, three mile hikes with the puppy. I mean, he is yeah. bananas. He is adventure fun dad. Yeah. And I... I can't tell you how many times I have bawled thinking about like la- allowing that control and letting mm-hmm. it go, just relinquishing and that they're eating Little Caesars. Little things like that make my skin crawl, but I have realized that the- we decided our priority was to financially care for our family mm-hmm. together. Yes. And so that meant that I would have to work at Tubby Tot. So that meant I would have to do that event. So what that means is the morning before I get on the plane, I make a spinach smoothie, I give it to my kids. I text their preschool teacher. They might not be there today <laughs> because now I understand that. And then I turn off my phone and I let it and go. And you let it go. But let me tell you, that has been hard. Oh. And it has been so hard. But my children will be so much happier. I truly believe because mom is happy 
and our long-term goals as a family are being met, right? And the fact that they're not always having the same experience every day of spinach smoothies and being on time to things and you know, all of this, like yeah. the the diversity that different parenting styles and different caretakers can bring mm-hmm. to a child's experience can actually prepare them for the world because the world is not going to be all spinach smoothies and and being on time being with on perfect time carpools. Being, right. One hundred percent. Like and so yeah. I think that there's even just from that perspective, right? But it's hard to see those things when we want to control and control comes from fear right control Control comes from from fear 100 100 and it also comes from not keeping the bigger picture in Mm, mind and it doesn't and then i start to battle whenever i face these self-care things so self-care is me going on these trips right that's what it has been this month Mm. but that has been more painful than me staying home in my routine right you think oh that's so fun to go on trips well no actually that's more painful and a lot more work, mm. self-care a lot of times is more work than being in our daily routine and mm. holding on to this idea of whatever we imagined our lives would be. And whether you imagined you would be a stay-at-home mom or imagined you would be a working mom or whether you imagined that your husband would help you do the dishes or that you know you would have time to go to the gym all the time. Whatever you imagine, we have to let go of that mm. every single day and embrace what is in front of us and what is best for our family. Absolutely. Okay, so I feel like the word balance is something that yeah. gets thrown, thrown around a lot. Yeah. And I don't know. So I, I've gone back and forth from saying balance is a unicorn, balance is not something that is yeah. real, yeah. to saying, okay, wait, maybe then people are like, well, no, but I want balance. I'm yeah. seeking balance. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, yeah. well, I shouldn't say then that it's impossible. Right, right. right. That saying balance is a unicorn means it's yeah. a myth. Yeah, But, But I still, I still believe that there are these really... The word balance comes with all these societal discourses of mm-hmm. like what that's supposed to look mm-hmm. like. And balance means that everything is equally weighted on all sides. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that is always possible and 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 thinking that that's what we're seeking will make will lead us to feeling you know chronically unhappy yeah with our spouses with With, ourselves with with our children yeah so what are your I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on this whole balance thing do you think balance is possible I think hmm so okay yeah I think sorry am I saying the same thing over and over again but I'm going to come back to priorities (laughs) because when we so I've done at this point I've done, and you are probably similar I've done everything as far as full time stay at home mom to a full time working mom and the more kids I've had the more I've worked because mm-hmm. I crazy and I like to do things <laughs> backwards I'm like seriously like what why so then we got a puppy because we were like <laughs> yeah, what is like, going oh, on yeah because crazy. we're a circus <laughs> and we needed an animal yeah so um. But ironically, my life feels more in balance now mm. than it ever has. And that is to me because balance is me not doing everything. Mm. And so, um, but with that being said, I, there are, I work full time right now. There are no pictures hung in my home. Like there are zero. And 
I don't do my kids' laundry. Their babysitter does it. Mm -hmm. And every year, I take out a few more things in my life that I have turned over to other people. My husband helps with carpools, and um, we have neighbors that help, and I help in other ways with their children. And we have a babysitter, like I mentioned, and my parents live close, so occasionally they'll help at night times, right? So every year, um, the idea of the things that I'm doing changes, but... Sorry, let me just say this one more time. I, I feel like I'm rambling. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I keep, for those who are listening, I keep like talking to the microphone like it's a real person. But I'm like hand gesturing to you guys. And I'm just, anyways. And I'm just trying to lock eyes with you. Yeah, and you're just trying to lock like, eyes with me. Why, why, why do you love the microphone? Well, and am I going to be so much louder than you because I like keep <laughs> leaning into it and you're like way further away? Should I back off? I'm going to edit. I'm going to edit it. I'm going to edit it. It's going to be it's gonna be really good. Also, also your, your, ja- your jacket is probably making a lot of Oh my gosh. Sounds. Sister, you tell me this. <laughs> Also, because all of your arm movements, yeah, because yeah, because my hand jacket, motions, yeah, and this mic will pick well, up. Well, I've been listening to a lot of Drake lately, like <laughs> ten years after everyone else listened to Drake, and it's mainly because I lost my voice and I realized like I sounded like in bad things. There's a lot of bad <laughs> things that they happened to me or whatever it is. Because I listened to Drake, I'm ten years too late. I'm 33 and I listen to Drake okay, now. Moving, all right, moving on. Back to balance, the elusive <laughs> term of balance. I just think. Again, it's letting go of expectations of what things are supposed to look like. I feel I feel more balanced in my life now than I ever have, and it's because I've let go of more things. Mm-hmm. I do more and I accomplish more yes. from like a day to day. Like if you're checking off a list, but then there are also so many things I completely have let you go. You had of. to let go because if you're just adding those on, at some point you're not going to be able to function anymore. Well, and I know people who don't let go, <laughs> right? But I feel like long-term that emotionally doesn't just hinder them, but it emotionally hinders everyone around them because every single day we require multiple hours of decompressing. Mm. Every, Especially people who care for young children. We should be setting aside not just 20 minutes, but multiple hours where we can decompress the morning, afternoon, and night. Because there is no way to get through the day without that. So do you actually schedule that into your Mm -hmm. day? Like, how do you set the boundaries around... Because it's so easy, I I struggle with this, to have something come in and to just like, okay, sure, yes, I'll see a client at this time or I'll, you know, do a podcast at that time or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden my time is, I've scheduled scheduled it all. There's no space left. Yeah, so, so, um, and I... I have struggled with that a lot, especially when you have little kids because they kind of determine your schedule. You never know. A big thing for me is, um, so from day one, naps were a must. And I'm not saying everyone needs to be like this um, because everyone is different. And if your baby's nap on the go, then you need to plan that the time when you're on the go is your time. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, nap time was my time from day one. and. If I'm with my children during the day, it still is. Yeah. They have alone time, there's quiet time, and mom has alone time and quiet time, whether it's just for 30 minutes where we can all regroup and I do whatever I want. I eat whatever I want, I drink a soda, I watch whatever show I want, or a lot of times I just end up working because that's what's fun to me. Yes. But I do start every day with prayer and meditation, mm-hmm. and a lot of times it only lasts for a few minutes. 
And so I forego getting up and getting dressed before my kids are awake mm-hmm. so I can get up and mm-hmm. the, typically I'm woken up by one of them jumping on me. Honestly, yeah. this is real talk right there. Um, they have never come down to a dressed mom, not once in seven <laughs> years. And I'm, I don't see it, foresee it happening in oh, seven more years. I don't, that has never happened in our household. Yeah. It's I, like, I, I hear people about doing this and I'm like, that is so awesome. That is, that also sounds horrible to me to have to get up that early yeah. and get dressed. But anyways, yeah. I really value, um, my mornings in my bed mm-hmm. with my scriptures, with my journal, you know, I say a prayer. And then we pray as a family, too, before the day starts. And then at night, I always allot time for fun. And, you know, that could be just hanging out with my husband. But I always try to at least journal or um, read for a few more minutes again. So so one of the things that I find that can creep into any of this time, if it's not just something I said yes to where I shouldn't yeah. have, I should have had more boundaries around that, is the phone. Right. So the phone, now we just, we have constant access to email, which means that people expect constant accessibility to us, right? Whether it's through texting or through emailing Mm -hmm. or through social media. And so, yeah, what are, in your family, in your own life, what is your relationship, like, how do you guys set boundaries around the phone? Do you have boundaries? Are there times when you're like, hey, this, you know, because of the work that we're doing, like we have to be yeah. connected yeah. And, and connected in. So when I'm at work, I'm on my phone. Yeah. You know, all of us, I think are yeah. on our phones or connected entire time. And when I get home, I put my phone legitimately in the other room. Yeah. And I used to have an Apple watch that I eventually had to take off because yeah. it was, it was impossible to be, to not want to get notifications on it, yeah. you know? And, um, so I put my phone in the other room but the days when I'm home with my kids the entire day, um, I try to give myself like an hour or I'll give myself 10 minutes, right? And I'm not perfect at that. I think there are some really good tricks that I've learned though. Like one of them is when we take a picture or an Instagram story that mm. we want to use, saving it. Mm. Oh joy, actually, I heard this at a conference. Saving it and doing it at night yeah. or, you know, mm-hmm. when, during nap time. Mm-hmm. She was like, the, the, when she, when she shared this trick at the conference, she said, there is no need to post that right then. It does not need to be You are with your instant, child. Even it doesn't <laughs> need to be instant. You can yeah. save that and you can post that later, right? Because that is how, that's how we feed our children mm-hmm. is by Instagram stories and by Instagram yes. posts. So those are necessary, right? But they don't need to be right then. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing we do is... Um, I call it my clawfist and I your clawfist. Yeah, it's been called my clawfist and I used to Instagram story from there exclusively before we had our office because that's where I would work. And I would take like while the kids were playing blocks or whatever, I would take my phone and my computer in there and I'd give myself 20 minutes just to bust it all out. Yeah. And that has helped my productivity mm-hmm. and also um just keeping me away from any dirty pain as far as like yeah. you know Looking at things that don't make me feel good or not actually dirty things, but you mean dirty, <laughs> dirty emotions. That's what I mean. Dirty things. <laughs> I okay. have, I have, I have, um, giving myself those little chunks of time yes. in my clawfist. Yes. I sneak in there and I do it. And that usually lasts until like someone comes and finds me and then I put it down and maybe two hours later they're watching a show and I do that again, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. um, really just like setting time allowing yourself because it's I think it's irrational to say I'm never gonna look at my phone during the day when I'm with my kids no because I will do that some days I'll say okay these days um you know Sundays I'm never I'm not gonna look at my phone at all Mm -hmm. but then I will because that's 
inevitable. Yeah. Like, what if my mom texts me? I don't know. You know, like right. I'll look at it. Yeah. And there's then, a, there's and there's like a panicky feeling, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Which I think which I think is related to this piece that it is. You know, social media. There's addictive qualities to it. Where it's oh, like for sure. It's like your detox. I don't know. It's, yeah. It, it is it very tricky. Me. So um, one thing I forgot to mention, yeah. and because you said Sundays, my because we of our religion. You know, traditionally we haven't worked on Sunday, but mm-hmm. then when we started Tubby Todd, it was like. Well, yeah. I mean, you work all the time, right? Yeah. And that that was back when my husband had another full-time job. So Sunday seemed like the perfect time for us to talk about Tubby Todd. So all of a sudden, we just became working on Sunday as yeah. well. And um, whether or not this is a religious value for you, one of the best things we've done for our business is decided on a day. And mm-hmm. for us, it's Sunday. We don't post on Tubby Todd. Mm-hmm. We can post on our personal, like that is, you know, that's like to our discretion, but we've decided we don't have like work meetings or conversations. If I literally 95% of the time we're able to accomplish this. And then Sunday night, starting about eight or 9 PM, when my kids go to bed, I plan for the week. Right. Mm -hmm. So then I think I don't feel stressed all day long because I'm like, oh my gosh, that worries me. That's something I'm going to do in my planning session tonight. So I can like, it's not till the next day. Right. So that has been that. a I love beautiful that. time I think for that's me. So like because Sunday, a lot of people get the like Monday anticipatory anxiety. One hundred percent. If you just say I'm going to fully relax on Sunday, you're going to be disappointed with yourself because you work up Monday feel, and you feel like you've been hit by, hit by a truck. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you feel like and because it's just you're not going to be successful at it no, because no. <laughs> it's going to show up. So instead. Yeah. What I hear what you're saying is that you you set boundaries around that day, but yeah. you also then give yourself the time and space to plan for the next day so yeah. that it doesn't hit you like a bus. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So could you give us just like one or two of your favorites of your personal self-care favorite activities and then share with us where people can find you and buy the book and all yeah. that good stuff? So um, one of the things that inspired the book is this... Um, is this vision I have. I don't remember much of being a kid. I had like an awesome childhood. My parents are awesome, like I mentioned. But I remember, like I said, my mom had five kids coming home from school and she would be sitting in this chair in the living room opening the mail at like four Mm o'clock. And if you think about your schedule at four o'clock right now, you're like, what? How is she doing that, right? And it was kind of like this really cool time between... um, after school pickup and dinner that she took this minute she would like turn on like cbs or nbc or whatever and watch the news and like open mail and i just remember how happy she was and how Mm. peaceful that experience was and so i try to recreate those moments for me and a lot of times it's bath at night i know the irony of me owning a bath company but (laughs) this is real i set up you know my tv um or a book my little laptop or my book and I get the best bath going and I get like the yummiest drink and I, and I do that at like 8.30 at night most nights. Yeah. And it is my time and it makes me so happy. Yeah. So that's one of my self-care tips. My other self-care tip is just I feel really proud of um, my exercise routine through my childbearing years because it's mm. been a gnarly ride because um, <laughs> there's like the you know, gearing up to get pregnant. And then when you're trying to get pregnant, there can be, it can be rough to be exercising a ton. And I've tried to approach it really, really moderately and give myself like 30, 30 minute increments four times a week. That's what I shoot for. And, um, while I'm nursing, a lot of times it's just like a light walk or like light weights. But when I'm 
done nursing, then I like kind of ramp it up maybe yeah. to running or, and I'm not some fitness guru. No one would ever want to watch me do <laughs> fitness at the gym, but it really has become this because they haven't put so much pressure on it. It's yeah. something I love and I look forward to, and I'm so excited about any time I get to exercise because I have not, I've weighed myself down with the pressure and I, mm-hmm. I hope to do that with more things in my life, be that excited about them because I've allowed myself the freedom within those routines to really, really enjoy them. Mm, I love I'll that. I'll stop talking now. I love that. Okay, so where can people find you and where can people buy this book? Which, by the way, I'm going to use as a therapeutic tool. You're so awesome. Thank you. You're so sweet. In sessions. I mean, You're I so think cute. that I love when there are books that are interactive in that way yeah. where it's like, okay, let's talk about this and yeah. now let's bring it to you and your experiences. Yeah. And this is just going to be, I'm so excited for this as a tool. You're so cute. Well, you can connect with me on Instagram. I'm really fun. Um, Andrea Faulkner Williams, one word. And then um, Tubby Todd is our company and it's just Tubby, T-U-B-B-Y-T-O-D-D on Instagram, Facebook, all the places. And that is the only place we sell the book right now. It's just through Tubby Todd. Our products are just through tubbytodd.com. We were in 100 retailers last year, but... 97% of our business was still direct to consumer. And it just, do you know what? That just goes to show people like getting mail. They like getting a package. And I do too. And so we want to send you mail. So go to tubbytod.com. A fun thing about the book is we're offering discounts when you buy them in multiples. So if you want to like get it for a book club, we have a lot. Solly Baby use it as their book club. Yeah, for a friend. Or like my sister got it for our all of the moms that she loves for Mother's mm. Day, she bought like 10 of them, you know? And so it's up to like a 20% discount when you buy them because we want we want people to be able to share them with people they love. You so. want to spread the love. Spread that love. Spread the care. Oh, this has been so fun. You're so cute. You're such a good time. Cassidy, by the way, she's just like adorable. She has a leather briefcase, <laughs> a really cool microphone. <laughs> Everything she's wearing coordinates even with her microphones and her blush case. Like the whole thing is a color scheme. Oh my gosh. I love you. Okay. This has been so fun. This has been so fun. Thank you for coming to the top up. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Holding Space Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the information that was shared in this episode. If you did, you might want to subscribe and be the first to hear about future episodes as soon as they air. Thank you so much for sharing this space with me. Have a great day.